Stephen King invites you to venture deep inside the caverns below the old Bachman Mill. You're not thinking about going down in there. Where a secret lies long forgotten by any living soul. Just ain't no job worth this. The workers suspected. You can't put me down there. You can't put anybody down there. I know things. The owner denies it. What did happen to the fellow that started this job? He didn't work out. And everyone fears it. This place is being fascinating. That might be the understatement of the year. Broken? Because one by one, it will devour them all. We're like shrimp in an all-you-can-eat salad bar, and that thing ain't stopping till it's full. Must be some other way out of here. It's This isn't real. This is the new horror from the mind of Stephen King. Graveyard Shift. Good benefits. Early retirement. What is up, everyone? Welcome to motherfucking October. The Sight and Sound podcast presented by Hard Guy Media. You got fucking me. You got fucking Eric here. What's up? Eric, we're in fucking October. We've made it. We've made it to the best. Well, fall is finally kicking in weather-wise, at least down here. I know it is there, too. It's a great feeling to be in October, best time of the year. Yeah, the temps fucking done drop. The fucking leaves done die. And the fucking... (laughs) It's raining for like seven days straight. Is it raining down there? Yeah, it's been raining since like Saturday. That's a bummer. No rain up here. Where I think we're on like day six of fucking no rain right now. Yeah, it's supposed to be nice tomorrow though, so I'm excited. Yeah, fuck yeah. Well, Halloween decorations are fucking up. Like we said, there's a goddamn nip in the air. It's spooky as shit outside. <laughs> uh, and we're celebrating October with some straight up, uh. Fucking some Stephen King adaptation movies. 90s Stephen King adaptation month, as it were. At least for three weeks. Uh, And the first up on the docket is 1990s Graveyard Shift. Heck yeah. And uh, before we dive into that, uh, Eric, have you kicked off... uh, Have you kicked off any... um, have you kicked off the Halloween season with anything yet? What What's on the docket for this week that you're going to be watching, listening to? What do you got? Have you watched anything uh, to celebrate the season so far? I mean, we celebrate the season year-round. Let's not... You know, yeah, I mean, I was... Kinda, we, we watch horror movies year-round. This fucking podcast talks about horror movies year-round. But <laughs> it's like extra... Spy. It's like... um. I don't know. It's like being a. It's an acceptable time of the year for the people who don't. Uh, yeah, I was saying this yesterday uh, to Chongo. Actually, I was like, it's you know all these people posting about what they're watching, and I understand that, of course. And there's there's certain horror movies, and you know you want to watch around this time of the year because uh, let's face facts, there's a lot of horror movies that are centered around Halloween. But we're doing this all year. I mean, let's not let's not kid ourselves. Right, I mean, what? No matter what month it is, it could be February. You're watching horror flicks, so. Yeah, I mean, it's just um, it's how it is. Um, yeah, but to to that credit, I'll watch like I like watching some movies that just remind me of fall that aren't For necessarily sure. horror movies too. Like I'll usually start kicking up like Breakfast Club some kind of wonderful around this time of the year just because those are like school movies and like i think about like you know brings me back as much as i fucking hated high school uh there are parts <laughs> of it that i loved uh the social aspects are great. yeah the say exactly 100 the social aspects of high school were fucking amazing the homework I uh, never... <laughs> yeah fuck that homework but yeah, I mean, I guess I haven't been too uh, heavy into the films lately. I mean, yeah, I've been watching, been rewatching Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the show, which obviously I love, but it's always, that's just kind of another nostalgic thing around this time of year for me. Obviously, it's, the show is on all the time, but 
Uh, me and Jen did finish ha- Hocus Pocus 2. That's a, obviously a Halloween-related flick that just came out. Um, there you go. I haven't even heard your opinion on that. Let's uh, let's hear it. Yeah, I mean, you know, I enjoyed it. I thought it was cool. Uh, it's kind of what I expected, like we talked about. You know, I, I think, like, it's been so long. This It's kind of the direction I thought they were going to go in. Definitely enjoyable. I think it's just because of nostalgia and what the first one was, it doesn't, you know, it's obviously not going to like, you don't need it to hold up. You know what I mean? I just think it's good. And, and I don't want to spoil anything, but obviously they keep, I knew where I had a feeling they would keep it open to future, you know, future films. So uh, yeah, I mean, overall I enjoyed it. I think it's, it was a lot of fun. I mean, it was cool to see those characters back. Uh, I guess I, you know, I, I would have been cool with seeing some of the original, other original castmates, but uh, yeah, I, I liked wanted, it. I, liked I it. wanted to see, I mean, if they do a third one, how do you not have Omri Katz and Vanessa Shaw there and you have their kids centered around the third one? Come on. Yeah, I kind of thought that, you know, just like in my head, I was like, well, one of these girls is definitely somehow like tied to an original cast member for sure. Uh, but you know they didn't obviously didn't do that. But yeah, I mean I thought it was enjoyable. I, I I'm still yet to watch the monsters. I I do want to Rob Zombies and monsters. I do want to. I think we're gonna try to knock that out uh, this week as well. And then my wife, you know, Jen hasn't seen all the Halloween, so I want to show her the ones that she hasn't seen, which is really like. Uh, I mean I think she's seen one, two, and three. I don't think she's seen anything beyond that. At least I don't think so. We're gonna. We're gonna watch those as well. No, nice. yeah, so many, so many great. As you know, we could talk for days about how many great uh, movies uh, are centered around Halloween and how many we're going to watch. But how about you? How about you? What have you been watching, and and what do you plan on watching? Um, I watched Fright Night last night, and that's not that's just I just threw it on like to go to bed. Like I just fucking it wasn't anything where I was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's on the docket. I was just I was just like, yeah, it's on. Uh, I'm excited for the Chucky season two comes out tonight. Drops first episode drops tonight. Excited for that. I already watched the monsters. I kind of gave you the rundown on that. Yeah. Yeah. Serviceable. Um, some things I like, some things I didn't like. Um, I scream factory has the shocktober sale happening right now. This episode drops on October 5th on a Wednesday and that sale is running through Friday. So you can head over there and pick some stuff up. Man, they ought to yeah, fuck. actually, they owe us right now. Cause we're fucking, we're putting we're spotting them out on the fucking podcast. Right? I know. I know. I was going to, I was thinking that I haven't ordered anything yet. I keep like dragging my feet, but I couldn't remember if it was ending tomorrow or Friday. So well, I told, I texted Friday. Chongo and I asked him, I was like, do you have the Halloween box that the screen put out back in, you know, 10, almost 10 years ago. He's like, Oh no, I don't. And I was like, well, uh, so like, just so you know, one through five is on sale right now. So he got those and bought the fucking box set. So oh homie, yeah, he he let homie, me know. Only just dropped two hundred and fifty. He didn't tell you that I told him though, did he? He did not. Of course he did not. See, I don't like that. Yeah, I don't like it either. But yeah, I think I'm gonna do the same. I mean, the, you're not gonna find those. Anybody who's looking for those 4K Halloweens that they put out, now's the time because you're not gonna find them for that price probably ever. No, 18. not eighteen fifty a pop. I'm excited to get those in. Uh, Scream Factor always, unfortunately, <laughs> their fulfillment centers um, are. I don't know if they're just understaffed or what. I mean, everyone uses the COVID understaffing thing right now. Like fucking, like it's COVID will be. I mean, COVID will be gonna... used forever. Like they're going to use that. And I'm not saying I nothing against. Uh, I'm not you know I'm not taking shots at COVID itself, but I'm saying these companies use COVID. That's just. It was a, it's a free pass yeah. for them to say because of COVID, uh, you know, we're just uh, shipping is going to take forever. And yeah. you, what can you do? So, but I'm excited to check out a lot of those special features because I a lot of them I I've seen some of them just from Brian on uh, a couple. You know, I think maybe uh, John at some point I don't know watched some of the newer special features, but a lot of those newer newer special features that were released on that box set back in. 2013 uh, or 14 i think it was 13 uh i didn't see a lot of those newer updated features um so i'm excited to see some of those same um, yeah same i mean i can't uh, yeah I, I never upgraded to eat to the blu-rays um i still have all my dvds for all I'm the, the same Halloween. i mean i really 
I think the only Halloween Blu-ray, obviously the newer ones, but the newer uh, ones, yes, and I have like the Scream Factory uh, Halloween three, but uh, no, we yeah, were, we're meaning the or- the original run of one through five, and then yeah, yeah, cur- yeah. curse through fucking resurrection, but um, yeah, so those are cool. I think I'd be. Uh, I think we should mention uh, the upcoming release of Halloween Ends as well, and how what our thoughts are on that. And yeah, we're going to be able to kind of talk about that um, and dive in and kind of. I I would assume rank them from Halloween eighteen, Halloween Kills, Halloween Ends, and kind of just talking about the wrapping of the saga. Uh, we could probably do an over under fucking uh, spread on when the next fucking Halloween's going to come out. I just hope that, you know, it's, it's, I just hope it's a done deal. I'm excited for it. I know that we, you know, we talked Halloween kills and I'm sure we'll, we'll do a, we'll do a whole episode on the three, like you said, but uh, I'm excited. I mean, you know, I'm just obviously being a horror fan, being a Halloween fan, um, being a fan of everyone behind it. I know that maybe kills fell short a little bit, but still enjoyable. I mean, I think the second, like we talked about the second, third watches or whatever, were more enjoyable than our experience at the theater. Um, but I'm excited. I mean, I think the trailers look really cool, and, and I hope they, they end this story in a, in, a, in a good fashion. That's not, you know, there's more pros than cons, I'm hoping. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And, um, yeah, it's... I have a list as we wrap up this end of the discussion. I have a list of stuff. I always have a list of stuff that I'm going to watch. And oh shit, did I delete it? I must have deleted it on accident. <laughs> Fuck, I guess I did. I did not make a list, but I definitely can hammer some stuff out I know I'm going to be watching for sure. Yeah, I usually, I'll usually make a list because there's so much stuff that like I was just like, I haven't watched that in a while. Like now would be a good time to watch it. Like considering the the uh the month um and i think i accidentally deleted it from my notes but yeah what uh i mean obviously the giveaways are some of the halloween movies um you know night of the demons fucking night of the demons remake the night of the demons sequels i like busting out obviously we it's being re-released in theaters this weekend for the well released in theaters for the first time trick-or-treat um you know and then there's i always try to like watch uh the worst witch the tv movie from 85 with tim curry and feruza balk that was always a fun one back in the day yeah 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 um and yeah i mean there's just so much i'll just comb the movies every you know coming from when friday hits i usually comb the movies i figure out what i'm gonna fucking watch for the weekend and and now it's it's fun because I mean I I feel like a lot, with a lot of more Halloween themed movies I get a little bit more buy in from Bridget to to consume those as opposed yeah, to yeah yeah let's I'm watch New York boat. Ripper right now and fucking <laughs> same boat I'm in the same boat for sure so well uh yeah fucking let's, Stephen King we covered an entire we did two episodes on Stephen King uh adaptations we ranked them we also talked stephen king novels and we're returning um we've done silver bullet we've done what else have we done eric uh i mean i feel like there's just countless right like it's tough to even i mean i talked pet cemetery a little i was gonna say we still never cemetery still yeah we've i mean i'm trying to think we've talked to it stuff christine Christine, I feel I'd be hard pressed to say that most of his major adaptations we haven't at least touched on a little bit, maybe yeah, more they, full they, episodes, but yeah, they've been talked about a lot. But now we're busting in, and instead of going right for some of the the easier kills, such as um, such as Carrie or Salem's Lot or anything like that, we're doing some of the '90s ones, and I feel feel like some of these. Uh, to the casual horror fan may have been uh, overlooked or forgotten about, but for myself and I'm sure you as well, uh, the three movies we're covering uh, the first one now being graveyard shift. uh, I love, I grew up watching this film. I was freaked out by it. Uh, And 
Yeah, I mean, I, I again, I couldn't tell. Like, I definitely saw this movie. I probably did. I don't think I had it ever recorded, like, on a VHS tape, but it was one of those ones that was, like, always on, like, HBO or Cinemax, like, either on a Sunday morning or a fucking late Saturday night, and I was always fucking, like, I'd seen this movie a bunch as a kid. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, like I touched on before, like, Stephen King meant a lot to me and my brother because my father was a big fan, so... You know, just growing up, there was a countless amount of uh, of his adaptations that we watched. Um, this one was probably a later one, actually, to be honest with you. But uh, definitely, that it was in that uh, that time frame. It was introduced a little bit later than some of the other ones that I saw. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a great. I I said this to you last night. I said the acting in this is all great. Everyone's acting in this is amazing. The story, like, and, like, how it was adapted, maybe not, is is not for everyone. But I thought the acting in this was great. You got Stephen Mage, uh as, uh, as the dude who's running this cotton mill. And, and he's the owner. He's, he's the, the owner, owner Warwick. Yeah. Warwick. Uh, you got Brad Dorf playing the great, the legendary Brad Dorf, who is timely, how great is it? We're we're covering a, a movie with Brad Dorif in it, and uh, Chucky still going all these years later. The Chucky, him doing Chucky is still alive and well, and he's doing the voice in season two of the TV show that was a smash hit last year. It's fucking coming out tonight, in episode one of the season two. Like that, uh, how how great is that? The no Brad Dorif is still just fucking rolling some checks from fucking. I you know he's. He's a great actor, and 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 he's been in so much great stuff. He's oh. really kind of unsung, in my opinion. And it's funny because I'm, I know people might hate me for saying this. I'm not the biggest Child's Play fan, but like, uh, you know, everything he's in or or touches, he's he's just such a great actor. And and Honestly? this this film especially, like, is the goddamn exterminator, which is just what he's billed as in, in the film too. Just the exterminator, which is yeah. just great. He's not credited with, uh, and he's <laughs> just. I mean, we get so many great one-liners from them uh just amazing things like this just wild batshit fucking nuts gives a fucking well first before we dive into the movie so there's this mill it's a cotton mill right that's what they're fucking yeah like a like a textile mill cotton mill whatever you want to call it yeah and there's obviously like a it's infested with rats. There's a dude at the beginning that gets fucking that uh, something big in there fucking knocks him into the fucking thing. Well, well, after he, you know, pretty much is talking to the rats like he has a classroom of kids, uh, and then fucking starts murdering some of these rats <laughs> and throwing them in the fucking the the mill, and and then he gets knocked in and there's. There's all this build of like suspicious shit that's happening at this fucking mill. Or we get like a you know the, like the the classic uh, highway straggler coming in and needs a job and then starts working at the mill. And Stephen Mach plays the Warwick who is running this mill, who has an amazing main accent, but also breaks into like an Irish and German accent. At some yeah, point. it's funny because I always <laughs> thought this too, and and I thought this. Yeah, uh, and this this watch, especially this recent watch, I was like, you know, his accent is so good, but it's also like it could go like a hundred different ways. He could be from Maine and New England. He could be foreign. Like I just, you know, you can't really pinpoint it. Yeah, he like has those moments where he nails the main the main stuff because he's just like show is over, and you think like you think back to all the other Stephen King adaptations, like when you when you look back to like maybe Missy, Missy Elliott, who is the, the maid in Lewis Creed's house in the movie, in the 89 adaptation movie, Pet Cemetery, And he says, I'm the billion, Missy. No better. No worse. And there's just like a, there's almost like a, like a little swing to the main accent too. Yeah. It's like, uh, like I said, I don't even know. I can't pinpoint like, what it is or, or or but it's some it could be foreign you know from some eastern european almost yeah oh yeah it's so it's some early settler, settler bullshit for sure um but he is amazing in this 
as is Brad Dorf's character. And uh yeah, like he's obviously like a little bit of a creep with the ladies. Uh there's just questionable characters that all work there. They all I'm getting I'm gonna guess they all at some point the Napa Auto Parts closed and then they all went to the mill. Yeah, you know what? Like uh, the thing I noticed again about this, uh, I haven't read the you know the book or the story or whatever. I probably own it because I have this obsession with buying all the Stephen King books, even though I haven't you know I don't read every one of them, or at least I don't have the time. But um, what I like about this story is like uh, it does a, a really good job of kind of leaving things up to your imagination. You know what I mean? And kind of right. build it, but it also has right. a way of like it's like. Uh, you know, we grew up in a small town and like you, you kind of know everything that's going on, like this, this textile mill. Uh, and I think it's like Steven, uh, his character there mentions, you know, the, the town is dying and the town needs this mill. And you can tell a lot of people work at this mill. Um, it's just, you know what I mean? Like, it's like kind of every small town and, and, and King stories have a way of like, just kind of throw you into the setting like like i said we grew up in a small town that had a big factory in it as well and you kind of i don't know it's just it does a really good job of like you kind of choose the backstory but you also kind of know you know what i mean without it without it being told to you i guess is what i'm trying to say so the dude who directed this ralph s singleton he's only got one other directorial credit i saw that i saw that which is a show called Cagney and Lacey that ran from 81 to 80, 88. And he directed two episodes. And other than that, he hasn't done anything else. He was one of the producers as he produced this as well. He was one of the producers on Pet Cemetery 2 randomly. I knew I recognized that name from the, the credits in Pet Cemetery 2 and, and co-produced Clear and Present Danger, Murder 1600, uh, Fucking a fan favorite, Joanna Mann from 2002. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I noticed, you know, I didn't even, I, I've, uh, you know, I never even knew who the director was until this last watch. And I looked him up and I'm like, yeah, this is, it's another one of those interesting cases where someone directs a film that's, you know, and, and they're just really, that's, they directed one or two things and that's it. And we got the, the like drifter character of John Hall played by David Andrews. That dude's been in a bunch of shit like Terminator 3, Rise of Machines, Apollo 13, fucking yeah, yeah. 900 other movies. Obviously. Well, his character is another one I like, too, that they didn't give you like any sort of backstory. But they kind of he hints at things like, you know, just trying to start fresh. And he talks about like later on in the movie where someone asked him about his wife and he said she's dead. Like, so they don't there's like a mystery to his character the whole time. I think I think um. In the book, if I remember correctly, um, I think they they talk about it a little bit more. They give obviously more backstory, but with a the movie, they kind of you kind of just got to run the gamut and you got to get through to get to the your point. So a lot of right, those for things. sure, for sure. And we got Kelly Wolf looking like Colleen, Jen's friend. Does she not look like Colleen? She has a Colleen look to her for sure. I thought for so. Sure. So. Uh, Kelly Wolf playing Jane, Stephen Mage, obviously a goddamn a king of kings. Oh yeah, I mean, in my favorite movie of all time, so you gotta love him. Also in in Emmyville, uh, nineteen ninety two, one of my favorites. Yeah, that's not sar- that's not sarcasm either. I love no, it. yeah, I was uh, I was touching. If anybody doesn't know, he plays the father in uh, in the Monster Squad, so. Andrew Devoff from fucking that plays the fucking the gin, the wishmaster. Yeah, he's in, that dude is in a bunch of stuff. He's like the villain in Toy Soldiers. Toy Soldiers. Like, I love that goddamn movie. And you, uh, you want to if you want a movie that is a complete roadhouse ripoff, but in with motorcycle clubs, watch a movie with him in it called Running Cool from the early 90s. I for sure will. I for sure will. That guy is amazing is like in so much stuff though people would recognize him in so much stuff like amazing he, isn't he amazing amazing he's like one of the villains in another like uh isn't it like 48 hours or one of the 48 hours yeah I he's think in for, like the 48 hours movie, yeah. so yeah that guy's in a lot of stuff and his character is not really that big in this one but uh you know he's got he's in some key scenes 
Oh, without a doubt. And we got fucking Vic uh, Palinzos, who is he also played the the fucking guy who was. Oh, my God. This is a Lou Smith shout out. If I ever fucking heard one. Uh, Vic Poliznos, who was the fucking guy, the coroner who was always eating a club sandwich in Night of the Creeps. Oh, shit. Really? That, that plays the dude who was fucked, that plays Brogan, the guy who was fucking like giving the child's looking guy fucking all kinds of fucking shit. And yeah, was like, the, with the host. Gray, like the short gray haired dude, right? The yeah. looking dude. Yes, He's yes. the fucking coroner that's always eating in Night of the Creeps. <laughs> I did not pinpoint, I did not put that two and two together on that one. And me and Lou thought he was a Guado from fuck the guy who played a Guado from fucking Ace Ventura. <laughs> That's great. Brad Dwarf, the King, obviously fucking one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Exorcist three fucking the voice of Chucky, just a King. Oh, yeah. uh, and uh, the fucking Richard France, one of the mill workers who was the fucking the patch wearing fucking uh evangelist talking on in dawn of the dead dude jesus again nothing i did not pin that to either yeah wild wild shit and obviously it's the cool short- when we it, it's cool when we, not to interrupt you it's cool that when we talk about these movies and just researching or like you just find somebody and, and they connect to other like films we love and like but really small roles you know what i mean it's just cool right, to see right. the connection uh, maybe we can get Lou on for like the dark half or something, cause uh, we got to get Lou in- involved with the Stephen King action. A hundred percent, yeah, I'm sure I would love to be a part with Lou. Yeah, he's a man. Um, but yeah, the, so there's obviously some there's a rat infestation in this mill. There's some shady shit going on there. Some dude who kind of looks like the fucking John Hall, the drifter that ends up fucking coming to take the guy's spot or whatever. Um, Brad Dwarf gets hired as the exterminator and it's just that scene where he is standing on top of the fucking thing and he's like flushing rats out like sucking them out with fucking just flushing them out with water yeah. and that fucking that clip that i played where he goes god damn wow <laughs> like i don't know why that fucking pops me all the time well yeah his his character is another one it's he's hilarious and you kind of build a little backstory like with some of the stories he tells like you see he's like he's been through some shit you know what I mean? Oh, big time! And uh, that's what oh. I love about. And he's just such a great actor. He, he kind of his scenes. So he just steals the show in this. I mean, he. You know what I mean? Like you could just tell. Oh, one hundred percent. He and that monologue where he talks about it was fucking killing me. So he ends up. So to to I guess as the story moves along, he you know this this John Hall the the guy is that start takes over and starts getting a got gets a job at the mill, starts talking to fucking Brad Dorf as he's in there fucking exterminating shit, and Brad Dorf fucking gives him the exterminator gives him a fucking Vietnam story, and it was so hilarious where he's just like I ain't one of those fucking baby killing guys that Bruce Dern plays to so quit your grinning like that like fucking line amazing. Oh yeah. The, the one liners is great shit. Great shit. But he's like when he's like he when he's like crying and like telling the story, how he's just like so disgusted with like rats on like the highest level is amazing. Yeah. And then he's got uh, you know like he's his his life you can just tell his life is dedicated to eradicating them. He's got Errata E rat Exactly. Later on in the film, they show his dog when he's when he's with Warwick, and he's got a rat terrier, which are were trained to kill rats. Like yeah. that's what they breed like. <laughs> amazing. Uh so Warwick's trying to make it with Jane. Ah, I bet you come up and audition in my office. Uh <laughs> also, I found a fucking video on YouTube that is just like takes all the scenes from this, like random scenes from this movie. But yeah. every time a scene gets completed, they get they do the fucking at the end of the scene, they put in Brad Dorf's God damn, woo! And then they get <laughs> Stephen Mitch going, could be on Sausage. Like <laughs> It's oh like seven God, minutes that's long. It's the greatest fucking <laughs> ever. Um, that's great. It's fucking amazing, and just like his Mace's delivery when he's talking to all the mill workers, and he's just like, like break is over. Like he's just 
it's just like I don't know. He nails this. It's like creepy, but also fucking hysterical. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think this film, and I know we're gonna get into like what how it plays out, but he, you know, uh, he's the real villain of the of the film, even though he's kind of not. You know what I mean? Like he's right, right, right. You, I mean, you you you're you're driven to hate him because he's such an asshole, and he does such a great job with it. But and that's what's cool about this is like all these characters with what's going on, and then there's this really underlying evil um, in this mill that you come to see what it is but uh there's it's just this constant struggle between uh warwick and his workers and just how much of a shitty human being he is and that that story plays out while there's something you know bigger happening the whole time as well well essentially like he just doesn't he wants the mill to keep running he's obviously like profiting off it he's one of the few profitable fucking businesses in the town that's left uh, he doesn't want to pay like fucking Brad Dwarf's character and kind of like more or less tries to blackmail the exterminator into doing more work without getting paid by trying to get his fucking exterminator license revoked. <laughs> uh, but there's obviously something. I mean, when you were first watched this movie and spoiler alert, if you haven't seen this movie, it's been 32 fucking years watching it already. Um you know, did you did you assume I mean, it was pretty it was a pretty good assumption that it was a giant fucking rat from the first scene where he knocked the one worker into the fucking into the the mixer. Yeah, I mean, I well, the, even still to this day, the, the creature that we'll come to see in the film, like it's kind of it looks like it's like a in my opinion, the bat, like rat. Some sort of, the bat rat type thing. But um, what I liked about it was they didn't. Like the very first death in the in the film that you're talking about, the guy, the male who gets pushed in, um, they kind of leave that open to interpretation. Is that was that somebody that did it, or was it a creature? And then they start showing like parts of the creature throughout the movie. So I like that you know, as the viewer, that there's some fucking crazy ass creature in this building, but nobody else seems to know about it. I like how they did that, and they showed you little pieces throughout. You know what I mean? And, and they alluded the, to it with um, the rat infestation. Yeah, um, the the rats play like a big role in the movie. Obviously, they're constantly uh, the workers are constantly at battle with these rats. Um, so he's Mage's character Warwick is poaching Jane uh, to get her to kind of perform your duties on me, and I'll <laughs> be a lot easier for you. Like, uh, but um he's pretty much like poaching her to get rid of the other girl that's up there. And she was just like, she goes down there. She goes straight tiger woods wife on his fucking Cadillac. Oh yeah. Beats the shit out of it. He goes down there and grabs her and fucking is going to hit her. Uh, gets stopped by John hall. And, uh, essentially like the whole town is just sitting there watching him about ready to slugger. And he obviously is held back from doing it, but, she tells him, like, I know things like, again, alluding without giving too much away. Like, she's obviously either Warwick's either told her stuff. There's either rumors going around town. She knows something goes down there. And there's a reason behind, like, the shady shit, the deaths. So she she and other people must know that something's something's there, be it a person or something, whether there's a lure of this bat rat creature or what. So she knows. Yeah, I thought that that was interesting too. That part of the of the story where she was like, "I know things," and 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 I kind of in my head, I didn't really know exactly what she was talking about. Was she talking about that she knew that there was that creature, or she just knew that Warwick was a piece of shit and probably had done so much shady shit uh, throughout the years? You know, like the billing should have been condemned and how he treated his workers or whatever. So yeah, yeah. I mean, that could be both. Yeah, for sure but uh essentially the rat infestation gets so great that uh you know well john hall's character working the graveyard shift but then you know he pretty much needs to hire like an exclusive crew of his workers to to what do a full cleanup so they don't shut the fucking mill down right yeah so the basement is like condemnable uh, it's so bad that the building could be condemned. So uh, they have like I guess I don't even know what type of person came in to tell him that he had to clean it up, or he's going to shut the mill down. So he bribed him with 
200 bucks and said he would get it cleaned on the 4th of July. So uh, he hires a special crew to go down there and clean it up. Now, here's another question for you. Besides, why did the one guy look like Luke Gallows? Um, <laughs> is why did he send the exterminator to the graveyard when he was trying to blackmail him to take his fucking thing away? Because the exterminator shows up in the graveyard with traps. Is he trying to trap more rats to fucking bring? The, like, what was going on there? What was that about? I don't know. That was another thing I had a question or like I was questioning. But yeah, I mean, it seemed like he went there to with the with the uh, traps to trap more rats. And then there was that passageway into the basement, I guess, or wherever it was. Uh, and that's where he ends up uh, meeting his man or, you know, he meets his fate where the gets crushed. But that was um, another confusing kind of almost like he knew. That's what I'm saying. Like, did he is he was Mage aware of the bat rat creature, and he felt like that kind of keep kept everyone in line the fear of this thing, or at least the the looming fear that something could be there. So Warwick had. I feel like Warwick knew something. Uh, you know, yeah, I feel like he he knew it was there. Like, it, I, I and he used it as a weapon or a tool. Like, if he wanted to get rid of somebody or something to happen, I think I hundred percent. I I had that feeling that almost like he knew of the evil. Especially, you could kind of see it at the end too, where they where they kind of where he goes at it, where they go. You know, him and the creature kind of go at it. You kind of right, tell right. that he like knew. He like almost knew before. Now. When they're all down there and cleaning and this cleanup crew is happening and everything's going down and fucking the Aguado lookalike goes and falls in the fucking thing and the and the rat bat fucking when the rat bat fucking like slides into the water and you see its tail and like the fucking wings and shit. That's sick. It's so subtle and sick before they get you get the full reveal. I love how they just drug that out through the whole movie. Yeah, it really is. I mean, that creature especially is badass. Like, I think uh, oh, yeah. that's why, like, you know, like we talked about the hatred for or whatever, like, maybe just people overlook this film. But, like, this is, you know, this is a monster movie, too, in itself, a creature movie for sure. And and the work on the creature, I think, is badass. Like, where else do you see that shit? Like, a goddamn giant bat rat creature that has no backstory either, which I, sometimes I find that even cooler. You know what I mean? And that that bat rat creature is reminiscent of two things for me. One, it kind it, did you ever see Stephen King's Night Flyer, the adaptation yeah. from ninety seven? So yep, yep. that vampire, when he opens his mouth, reminds me of the bat rat, and also the fucking bat rat from from Dust Till Dawn that Tom Savini's character Sex Machine turns into. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's reminiscent of uh, obviously. Definitely reminiscent. The, the Night Flyer, that's uh, interesting uh, that you, you brought that up. Yeah. I didn't even put that together. To be well, you know what I mean? How the vamp, like when that when that Dracula version opens his mouth and like gets fucking wild. Yeah, that, yeah. It looks like the Bat Rat, too. Yeah, no, for sure. Also, Bat Rat is a fucking sick ass band name. Yeah, Bat. we probably should start like a crust punk Bat Rat band, I gotta think. What the fuck is up? We are Bat Rat. <laughs> Oh my god! And then just throw fucking cotton balls and my and rats uh, into the crowd. Our first fucking album was fucking Graveyard Shift. <laughs> All right, I'm in. I'm in. Um. Uh, but yeah, regardless of uh, Bat Rat the band, um, <laughs> it's uh, it's such a fucking cool movie. And then obviously the Bat Rat goes through, picks off guys. We get to the big fucking showdown. We get the full reveal, and it is just fucking sick. It's slimy, and I could smell this movie for some reason. I could every time I watch it, I can smell this movie. Yeah, they do. Like I said, they, the the they do the setting. They do a good job of in this mill. They keep showing like temperature. It's hot. It's fucking dark and damp, and the whole film when you're inside this mill, like really kind of helps you understand what it's really like in there and then yeah when you got fucking rats everywhere just water and then at the end when you're introduced to the to the fucking bat rat you just he smells putrid for sure i'd imagine i can like like the mildew mold smell mixed with like fucking just like rank ass fucking eye burning ammonia ass piss 
I I smelt it and felt it the entire movie because it's so atmospherically perfect. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, this film, this may be a little off topic, but this film, like, is just like it's Stephen King. You know what I mean? Like, it's very Stephen King. I mean, I know that sometimes he doesn't always like his adaptations uh, on on the big screen, but uh, I think this movie just oozes Stephen King. You know, small town and you know there's not a lot of it's just a really small setting and and it's it's just perfect simple story obviously by king short story simple short simple story yeah very I think it was the real question was did pepsico cater to them because the diet pepsi can had like six or seven different shots in this yeah it actually is part of the most like the biggest scene the the climactic uh yeah. Death of uh, Rat Bat. Yeah, Pepsi Cola all over this shit. The old school can. That's the real question. Is it Pepsi? You're a Pepsi guy, though. Pep- I mean, I Pepsi, I'm Pepsi all the way. Like, don't get Coke. me wrong. There's Coke Zero in the fridge right now. I'll fucks with Coke all the time, especially Coke Zero. Coke Zero is great. It's amazing, actually. And I do like Coke products. Dr. Pepper, R.I.P. Toby Hooper, love to fucking die, Dr. Pepper. But. <laughs> Listen, if you're eating a slice of pizza, oh, I just you gotta have fucking Pepsi. You Pepsi Max for me, but you have to have Pepsi. Drinking Coke with that is like going and getting like a fucking iced tea when you get fucking Taco Bell. You have to get the Baja Blast. You have to get the Baja Blast. No, I I I think I think unless there's no other option and you only have Coke, you could do Coke. With like a shitty Domino's pizza or Little Caesars, but if you're right, getting you like a what? straight up New York fucking slice with and you're this, drinking Coke, you're a sadist. When you post about this, I need you to put up a poll: Coke or Pepsi. I need the people to speak because I just gotta think Coke is gonna dominate. Yeah, but if you put up a poll right now with the average person and you said, uh, and you said, uh, you know, Ariana Grande or Morrissey. The real answer is Morrissey, but the vast majority of people are more familiar with Ariana Grande, and they're going to choose Ariana Grande. Ariana Grande, I is, think that's that is the Coke. That's not the same. Is yes, it is. Ariana Grande is the Coke of the beverage world, and Morrissey is the Pepsi. It's a hundred percent inaccurate. Wait, Coke been around for so if you ever. get listen, if you go get a Ariana fucking, Grande is the goddamn like, uh, what's the new? I don't even know. No. Listen, if you get a New York fucking slice, an NYP slice, slice of Coke for sure, you're gonna get a fucking Coke over a Pepsi. I mean, a hundred times. Like, I've never, I've never gone to the store and bought Pepsi unless I had to. Like, if my dad was coming over, he loves Diet Pepsi Chris, but wait, wait. So you weren't. So was Chris always a Diet Pepsi fan? As long as I can remember. Okay, so you don't even have the perennial bias of it. You just found Coke and you're like, yeah, this is better than Pepsi. Yeah, because it tastes better, yeah. I yeah, mean, that's fucking that's so taste. inaccurate. It's fucking crazy. Like I said, put that poll up. I would be, I'd feel so vindicated if Pepsi won. There's no way Pepsi would win. You don't think so? I don't think so. All right, well, I just don't. I feel like I feel like drinking a Coke with a a slice of New York style pizza is like fucking. I think it's sacrilege. How do you not? Also, have you ever dipped your crust in your in your soda? Never. Never. No, I don't think so. Wait, I don't think I've ever seen you. Do have it. you, you ever do had that? like a mouthful of crust and then like slug some pizza to sop oh, it yeah. up in your mouth and then you chew it up and. Yeah, it's just kind of sure. like, yeah, it's same thing, except you're doing it outside of your mouth. All right. Well, try it. I would do it. I would do it with Coke. Well, best Diet of Coke or Coke Zero. Anyway. Let's is this not a fucking cool? This is such a fun movie. It's simple concept, awesome yeah. premise, great acting. And simple is not a bad thing. You know, simple is no. not a bad thing. Some people people always try to, and that's what the problem with some of these newer horror films is not to sound like that guy, but 
you don't have to overcomplicate things. All right, you don't have to put out a movie like Men where you overcom. I'm going to talk about Men, Men in every fucking pod we do. <laughs> I'm going to talk about it, but it's a simple story. It's 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 a cool ass monster creature f- film as well, which is not like, but that's not like all it is. It's there's a lot to it. If you like Stephen King, it like I said, it, it oozes Stephen King, and it's 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 got a lot. It's got some great acting, and it's a, just a fun. It's like a, it's less than an hour and a half. I think it's a great, it's a good watch, and I think, um, you know, any horror fan sh- uh, or Stephen King fan should dig it. I mean, it's nineteen ninety. It's pretty much an eighties film. Yeah, I mean, it was probably filmed in eighty nine. Came out in ninety, yeah. uh, and that's what I think too. I think uh, so many people, I I think want more and expect more and want some. M. Night Shyamalan twist on shit and they need some oh, it's, the bat rat was actually fucking a mill worker that got fucking killed and he was cursed by fucking six witches and then the fucking the witches fucking were you know molested at the mill or something you know what I mean you ain't gotta get crazy it's just a fucking yeah. bat rat somewhere in the basement the motherfucking bat rat <laughs> I mean it, yeah exactly I, it, it's a simple fun story it's good shit. I mean, there's some notable characters, you know, like it's, it's, you know, it's not going to be your favorite movie of all time, but it's definitely a fun one. And probably, like you said, like probably this King has so many goddamn adaptations at this point between film and, and television and whatever yeah, that is, yeah. it, you know, ranking ranking is impossible, but it, like, I feel like this is one that doesn't get talked about for sure. I mean, he's got so many, huge ones it's like we when we talk about some of the big directors it's like this one is definitely one that flies under the radar but some if no one has checked it out or no one's seen it in a long time i would 100 percent tell them to give it a rewatch yeah it's and honestly one of the best parts of the movie is the end credits where they do like a little like little scatty like drum beat with like quotes from the movie like kind of like Return of Living Dead style when you just hear like uh Bert and Frank like giving fucking lines like did you did you stick around to have you I mean I I'm familiar with the credits because I've watched the movie a million times but uh have you listened to the end credits like where they're just like it's just like uh War Warwick's uh voice saying show is over and then he's just got like him going it's a graveyard shift and and just like, you yeah, know, like yeah, a little like drum the, beat scatting, and I don't know. I thought yeah, it was fucking. I thought it was so much fun. Like it's a cool way to end it, and I yeah, yeah. Right, love right when part. the credits start, I think they yeah. he says the show is over. Yeah, it was really cool. I mean, I didn't listen to, I didn't go through the all the credits, but yes, I did hear that. It was really cool, and you could tell that his character, like uh, the Warwick character, like probably playing that must have been a lot of fun for him. Oh, I would assume, but what the fuck do I know? You know who I he think. looks like in that in in this film is uh, Fred Ward, right? Looks looks just like Fred Ward, like it's brother. the flat top. It's the Tremors flat top. The fucking goddamn crew cut flat top that these guys. Anybody with a flat top is a dickhead. Usually, <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. You got a fucking flat top like that, you're like ex military. You're a cop. You're usually a dick. They probably did that on purpose. I gotta think. I would assume so. Like maybe i mean maybe not fred ward pulls it off though he's he's had the flat top for a long time he's a man but uh yeah well all right that's fucking graveyard shift man fucking fun ass film and uh we got two more 90s uh stephen king adaptations coming up we got a tv movie and sometimes they come back and we got fucking t huts the dark hat (laughs) hell yeah that's gonna be a fun one. I mean, they're both gonna be super fun. Yeah, I love the dark half. Yeah, Timothy, uh, Hunt, Timothy Hunt and the band. So, but yeah, uh, yeah, this has been uh, it's been Sight Sound Podcast, Stephen King '90s adaptation month, and we're gonna be diving into Halloween Ends when that comes out. Um. Yeah, we got a bunch of shit going on. So you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Heartguide Media. Uh, yeah, rate us, review us, comment, and the polls going up for Coke or Pepsi, uh, Coke Zero or Pepsi Max. <laughs> I'm gonna say Coke Zero, Pepsi Max by themselves, and then Coke Zero, Pepsi Max with pizza. I mean, if you want, I feel to like I feel like there's 
I feel like there's a lot of people that would pick Coke and then would be like, well, with pizza, I got to go Pepsi. Jen, uh, now's your chance to make your podcast debut. Um, huh. Coke or Pepsi? Oh, Coke all the way. I mean, see what I mean? Wait, who's a, who's a Pepsi person? Jesse um, loves Pepsi. Apparently, oh, Pepsi guy. Full blown Pepsi Max. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Revelation. <laughs> I mean, don't take less of them. He's still fan, right? <laughs> Jesus. I lo- I still I like Coke. I had some Pepsi recently that was like... Well, that's because I told... Really I said to you, when my father comes around, he's a diehard Diet Pepsi guy. So I have had pe- Diet Pepsi recently because I Listen, had to get rid of it. I'm not like against Coke Zero. I'm not... Or I'm not against Coke. <laughs> like, I like Coke. I respect Coke. Coke could go great with... Oh, you know what Coke will go great with? I, I don't usually will do I can't do Pepsi normally with my Chinese. So like General Sao's tofu, two vegetable egg rolls, maybe <laughs> like I I'm like all Coke Zero or Diet Dr. Pepper with that. Cause it just bur it burps well. And oh my god. And like that should be in their commercials. It burps well. <laughs> Like you, if you like, and I'll blame number one in the night for this because I would go there before the movie. I'd eat there, but I'd also get a Pepsi or a a Coke Zero, and I would just the entire movie. I was belching the entire time, and it it was like like I said, they're gonna they're gonna let us know when when you do this poll, it's gonna speak volumes. So uh we're gonna get a we're gonna get several polls what are you drinking with your chinese what are you drinking with your pizza what are you drinking straight up off the street <laughs> milk with my chinese for sure oh god <laughs> all right all right this has been uh Saint sound podcast graveyard shift and uh yeah check it out if you haven't and we'll be back with uh sometimes they come back next week shows over <laughs> You got a problem? Ain't got a problem. You got a problem? Ain't got a problem. What's your problem, No problem. Well, yeah, no problem.